Okay, well, happy new year. I mean, we haven't uh, been live. Yeah, first behold the Savior, <laughs> then we'll go to Jesus the prophet. We're obviously, as uh, Phil mentioned, we are in a series from January and February, every Sunday, every midweek, focusing on Jesus. We've talked about uh, Jesus being the light. Bobby did a great job midweek talking about Jesus being the light. And today we're talking about Jesus the prophet. Uh, it, it is good to focus on Jesus as we begin this year. Um, oops, it's good to see everybody. You know, as Phil mentioned, they uh, had the lock-in last night, so we've got a number of teens and their parents who were literally locked in all night. There were more than 200 kids there last night from all over the church. So that's very, very exciting. Behold the Savior, Jesus the prophet. Okay, we're gonna, you're going to have to talk as well today. You can't just sit there. Well, I mean, you can, but uh, we're going to do some uh, interacting, hopefully, today. Okay, this is a pretty obvious, maybe third grade kind of question. No offense to any third graders there in the other room anyway. Why focus on Jesus? Why focus on Jesus? Somebody said our Savior. Well, why focus on Jesus? The light? What else? Author of life? Yeah, to know what God is like, because he was God in the flesh. Somebody, Josh? Okay, to know what God was like? Yes. We, yeah, without him, we're nothing, Marianne? We're sinful? Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry? He's absolutely everything? Yeah, I mean, yes, Felix. He's the king of the kingdom. That's, that's profound. That should be a title of a book. That's your first book. The king of a kingdom. We are Christians. Like Jesus. We're disciples of Jesus. We got to focus on Jesus because it changes everything. It changes our perspective. It changes our outlook. It changes how we view what we do. It changes why we do what we view. You know, here's an example. Okay, let's talk about marriage for a minute. Oh, my, uh oh Mary Lou said, uh-oh. She's afraid of what, where I might go with this. 54 years, it's awesome. Okay, let's take, let's take some random brother. Well, let's take a specific brother. He can remain nameless. About 25 years old. And he says, I'm not getting married. Because here's what I think marriage is like. He said, I live with a bunch of brothers. They don't care if I throw my clothes in the floor. They don't care where I go, what time I get back. They don't care how I spend my money. I don't have to share with them my plans. I, don't, I can just do what I want. It's a great life. Why would I get married? All that change. Okay, then what happens? Oh, he meets somebody. At least in our culture. Some cultures, it gets arranged. He meets somebody. And he falls in love. And all those things are still true. But they're in a different light. And 
they are overwhelmed by the companionship and the joy and the fun and all that stuff. I'm not saying Christianity is a bunch of hard stuff, but there are some hard things about denying yourself and living different from the world and all those things. And if we're not focused on Jesus and staying in love with Jesus, those things do become burdens. They become routine or rules or a lot of stuff. But when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, that's a verse. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It does change what we do, why we do what we do. Keeping perspective, you know, perspective is important. Seeing clearly is important. I'm at the age now, last Tuesday, I had a cataract removed from this eye. This Tuesday, this eye. I'm already seeing, but I'm going to be able, I realized I wasn't seeing very well. I was getting a busy. I was when I was getting scary driving, it was really making her scary. Scared. Well, it's good to see clearly. I think I'm already seeing clearly. Better anyway. Okay. Jesus. We focus on Jesus. Jesus the prophet. This series over a couple of months, we're looking at different aspects of his life, as you can tell. Not necessarily in order of importance. There's just so much. But Jesus, the prophet. Okay, in the next slide, I ask you to turn to Deuteronomy 18. Something, you know, Deuteronomy is Moses' basically farewell address. It's basically a real long sermon or message as he knows that he will not go into the promised land with them. And he's saying some things that are going to happen there. And he says, Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. We'll come back to this concept of what it means. Okay. When we hear the word prophet, what comes to mind? Okay, teacher, what else? Yes. Okay, one who speaks on behalf of God. That's really good. Wait, this he's he was up here today. He's really prayed up. He's really <laughs> well, anything else come to mind? Yeah, Greg. Okay, otherworldly knowledge. Yes. Well, okay, with authority. It's not a word we use every day, is it? I mean, it's not really a word in just, it's not a job description if you go in Lincoln or whatever that thing is to see, you know, who are the prophets? It's not, it's not something you run for office for. None of our politicians are claiming to be prophets in, in their resumes. It's important to know what it meant to the people who read, the, who heard Moses the people who got to Jesus' time, I know you know this, but as you read the Bible, really as you read any book, but particularly the Bible, it's important to know who's speaking, what the context is, to whom they're speaking. Are they saying something that's just a, a universal thing, like in some of the things in the uh Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, don't kill. That's that's pretty universal. 
You backing up though, some of the ceremonial laws and sacrifices were given to specific people for specific reason, specific time. It's important to understand that, right? And we can, uh, uh, you know, get off if we take the Bible just through our eyes. I'm saying that because prophet was a very significant role in the Old Testament. And so when you get to Jesus being the prophet, that meant something profound to these people. Because again, the meaning, words change, meanings change. What is a phone? What do you use it for? Yeah, it's very different from when I was a kid, a phone. This thing you picked up and you, you dialed. And we, we lived in town. We didn't live in the country, but we still had a party line. The Cooksies across the street, they had two rings. We had three. You could listen in on their conversations, but they could listen in on ours. And you talked on it. You didn't look things up. Like, oh, there was a number you could call to get time and temperature. The time and temperature number. Okay, we got we got nine grandchildren. They're all young adults. They all have phones. Nobody talks on them. You text or you look things up or you play games or, you know, and, and uh, there's a cartoon I like in the, in the Morris County Daily Record paper every day called Zits. And it's about a teenager. Some of you see it. He had a, he just had a really interchange with his mother recently. She was going to call the mother of a friend of his. And he said, he was horrified. You can't call her first. You have to text her first. And then he found out you left a voicemail. He was just so embarrassed. Okay. Concepts change. Words change. How you use things change. Felix mentioned in his uh, texting his sister. You know, when I was going to school, a text was something you read. It was a, the, what's in the text? And it wasn't even a word we use very much, except in a real academic setting. Okay, you know what I'm saying. It's, under, it's important to say, what was a prophet? Okay, the next slide. Let's look at the role of the Old Testament prophets. The English word translated prophet really means one who speaks for another. And biblically, we're going to see it's one who speaks for God. The Hebrew word means one who announces. The Old Testament prophets were people who, men generally, who spoke for God. God's message. Number two, they foretold future events. And number three, they performed healings and miracles. Let's go back and talk about all of those just a, a little bit. Speaking for God. Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. They spoke God's message. Now remember, 
at, at some point they had the first five books, the Jewish people. We don't even know exactly when. I mean, we know they knew the law. But they didn't have these scriptures. They were being produced by what they spoke. I mean, in other words, there was a very specific practical need for God to reveal his will, his thoughts, his plans to people. And he did it through people. Often the message was to repent. Often the message is making comment, God's making a commentary or an evaluation of what is going on either with his people, the Jews, or the surrounding nations. You know, prophets were called. You, you, you didn't just say, well, I'm going to be a prophet. Because the message came from God. Amos, in the middle of his real challenging uh, prophecy and, and message to repent, he says, you know what? I'm, I wasn't a prophet. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet's son. I'm a shepherd. But God gave me this message. They knew it came from God. It wasn't their message. Remember, sometimes when we study what the word of God is like and about with people, we, we talk about a, a passage where Peter says in 1 Peter 1 makes the point that the prophets didn't speak their own message. They spoke from God. Now, there were false prophets consistently, but they claimed to be speaking from God because that's what a prophet did. Again, sometimes the message was uplifting. Sometimes it was very challenging. But it was God's message, not their message. And there was a real dis uh, significant distinction. People understood prophets spoke from God. Secondly, though, prophets foretold future events. We think about this when we think prophecy. Often what comes to mind is the future. And that is part of it. Wasn't all of it. Because sometimes, again, it was observing God's perspective about what he saw going on, not just with the Jews, Israel, but with the, the nations surrounding. But they foretold things that were going to happen. In fact, uh, one of the uh, proofs, evidences of the validity of the Bible is the prophecies that were made that happened sometimes hundreds of years later that couldn't have been orchestrated like that. But they had a message, and sometimes that message involved the future. We have just sung Great Among the Nations, written by Brian Craig. Amen. I got to put that in there. The, you know, Isaiah, part of his message was predicting the future glory of Israel, or, or beyond a spiritual Israel. He predicted what we call in Isaiah 53, the, the suffering Messiah. And obviously it wasn't written in chapters and verses. Isaiah 40 is one of the most beautiful passages about God. You know, that's the one that says you'll 
run and not grow weary or walk and not faint. God, he's saying that's a, a, a prediction of a perspective you can have, a life you can have, but they're very specific predictions. I uh, Jeremiah had some very specific predictions. God's people were going to be in Babylonian captivity for how long? 70 years. The cap Babylonian captivity, 70 years. Very specific. A lot of specific things. A lot of what we call the minor prophets. I don't know if they even call that anymore. It's, it's, a, it's not really an accurate description. They were called that because of the length of their writing. It's revealed to us is less than Isaiah, Jeremiah. Not because they were minor in impact. Because they had some specific messages. Again, not just for God's people. For some of the nations around them. You remember Jonah had a message about Nineveh. What was going to happen? He didn't want to give. It wasn't his message. It was God's message. And he's like, I ain't doing this. I'm going the other way. And the belly of the fish caused him to reconsider his position. Future glory. Uh, so many things. What's going to happen? Sometimes kind of short term. Sometimes very long term. There's whole studies about the messianic prophecies. And particularly Matthew, who was a Jew writing the Jews, points a lot of them out. This was what was predicted by this prophet. This was what predicted by this prophet. Some of those prophecies, the prophet, again, didn't understand fully what he was talking about. But this is what he said, and this is what happened. Okay. A third thing the prophets did, healing and miracles. Now, we pretty much only have miracles recorded by Elijah and Elisha. Most commentators think the other prophets could perform miracles. That was part of their, their uh, potential as well. The miracles, though, really had a very specific purpose. Same thing as Jesus' miracles, and we'll see that in a verse in a minute. They were validating the message. You know, kind of an aside, when we talk about the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of those were to confirm the word, Mark says. In other words, they had a message. This man, Jesus, was really the Son of God. He was killed and raised from the dead. Everybody with me? Well, well, okay, we're with it, but when you first heard that, okay, if I said that, if I said some other thing that seemed, you know, I don't know, anything, John Kennedy came back to life, I saw him. Yeah, right. Elvis, yeah, that's better. Okay, if I could raise somebody from the dead, you might say, oh, maybe there's something to what he said. The miracles backed up their claims. And, and the major miracles of particularly Elijah and Elisha, because there was a new era in the history of Israel and Judah and a time when God was going to work powerfully. And he was really trying to get their attention. Can you think of any Elijah's miracle? Or there's one great big, huge one may come to mind. Yeah, the prophets of Baal, Elijah and Mount Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal, 
and Elijah is taunting them. They're trying to make fire on their sacrifice, and Elijah is like, maybe your gods are asleep. Talk louder. Maybe he's gone on a journey. And the fire comes down from heaven and consumes the altar and the, the stones it's made of and everything. Powerful miracles. Elisha did a number of, of miracles. You know, some, again, commentators have suggested that um, Elijah, even in his personality, it seems, was bold, dramatic deeds like the 450 prophets of Baal calling the nation back to God, really from the brink of total apostasy. Just, uh, you know, Elijah, then he got scared, interestingly enough, and said, I'm the only one left. And God says, no, you're not. I got I got 6,000 6, over here. But the point was, the nation were just about to completely lose it. Elisha, Elisha's miracles kind of were more compassionate. <laughs> Shunammite woman builds a room in the house for him. And he allows her to have a son. What happens then? Son dies. And, and she goes and says to Elisha, it is well. I think that's where the song comes from. The author had a tragedy in his life. But from the King James translation, the message, is it well with you? Is it well with your child? Is it well with your husband? It is well. Her faith. But Elisha brought him back to life. Naaman, who healed Naaman? Well, God did, but who made it happen? Elisha. Oh, okay. Now, so we are saying the prophets had a very clear role, had some facets to it. People in the New Testament, the Jewish people, understood the role of a prophet to speak from God for God. Sometimes that meant foretelling future events, and there sometimes was involved healing or miracles. Okay, the next slide. When we get to the New Testament, uh, you could read, uh, turn with me to Acts 3 for a minute. Because here, uh, you know, after the day of Pentecost, Peter and John healed the man at the gate of the temple, and it gives Peter an opportunity to share about Jesus and to, to say again, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. But he says in verse 22, for Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from among your own people, you must listen to him. Is that a familiar verse? Hope so. We just read it like 10 minutes ago. Peter said, this is what Moses was talking about. God's going to raise up a prophet. Moses was a prophet. He was a deliverer. He, he had a lot of very significant roles. But Moses said way back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, again, before, there's going to be a prophet raised up by God that you need to listen to. And Peter is applying this to Jesus. Now look at Hebrews 1. We'll read a little more in detail. And again, it's something that one of you mentioned about why we 
follow Jesus or why we focus on Jesus. Okay, Hebrews 1. Now remember the context, setting, what's important here? Hebrews, this was written to Christians from a Jewish background. And apparently they were going through a lot of persecution. They were wondering, is this worth it? Is this worth it? It's back to what we said about getting married. Is this worth it? Okay, you need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. So the whole thing is about how Jesus is better. Better than angels, better covenant, better promises, better law, better sacrifice. But he begins Hebrews 1.1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through whom? The prophets. See, again, this was a very clear understandable accepted concept god spoke through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he made the universe this is a very uniquely special prophet the son of God. And he says, the son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact uh, representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. This is a prophet unlike any other. This one is God. Exact representation of God's being. Paul says that the Colossian church the, that uh, the fullness of the deity dwelt in bodily form in Jesus. Jesus was God. He was son of man. We talked, uh, we talked about that. Uh, or Tom Hughes talked about that. But he was the son of God. He was God. He spoke the word of God. You know, listen to him. That's what uh, Moses said. That's what Peter repeats. You know, when Jesus was baptized and the Spirit came on, uh, the Spirit, the dove, the voice of God, this is my Son whom I loved. Listen to Him. This is the prophet you listen to. The voice of God. Okay, Jesus foretold future events. Second role of, uh, yeah, the next, yeah, thank you. Jesus foretold a lot of things specifically about his life. We're going to Jerusalem. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Little thing, the Last Supper, where we meet. Well, if you go down here, you're going to meet a man and, he, and ask him to use his room. And Okay, how do we pay our taxes? Go over here, get a fish, open him up. There's the money. Okay, kind of insignificant in one sense, but showing he knew what he was talking about. He foretold significant events, again, about his death, about his resurrection. Destroy this temple. Three days, it'll be built again. They missed what he was saying. They thought he was talking about the, the temple there, the second temple, but he's talking about his body. He foretold, uh, sometimes the Old Testament prophets foretold glorious events, future glory. So did Jesus, the church. On this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of Hades won't prevail against it. You get into the letters, and there's a lot, a lot of uh, expressed about the future thing. But Jesus, Jesus talked about eternal life, future things. 
healing and miracles, obviously. Uh, again, Jesus didn't heal every sick person around him. That would have been impossible. Certainly they had a, a purpose of helping people, but they were showing who he was, and he was a prophet like that. Okay, what does all this mean for us? The validity of Jesus, we can't take that for granted. Particularly, we try to put ourselves in the first century Jewish mind. Listen to him. That's the next one. Listen to him. That's, they were looking for a prophet. They were looking to the Messiah. They were looking for a prophet. John chapter 1, when, they, when John the Baptist started preaching, do you remember what they asked him? Are you the Messiah? No. Remember the second thing they asked him? Are you the prophet? He said, nope. Are you Elijah? Nope. Maybe that, a prophet was the third thing. They were looking for a prophet. They were expecting, because of Moses' prediction and other Old Testament, they were expecting somebody to come and champion, to speak for God again. You know, uh, look at John 6. This would be one to uh, turn to. John 6, 14. John 6, 14. After the people saw the miraculous signs that he did, that Jesus did, they began to say, this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. See, again, the, the miracles consistently validated his claim, validated the claim of the apostles' claims who began teaching about him after his death and resurrection. But it said, this got to be the prophet. Look what he's doing. All right. What does that mean for us? I think this is the next phase. Listen to him. Oh, you're back. Yeah. I think this is the main message for us today. I think it's important for us to realize who he was. The prophet. The prophet predicted. The prophet expected. The message from Moses was you need to listen to him. Okay, that's the charge. That's a challenge. Did they listen to him? Somewhat. A few. At least one point, did the majority of the Jewish leaders listen to him? Why not? Why didn't they listen to him? Didn't fit into their expectations. Didn't fit into their expectations as prophet, as Messiah, as king. Why else didn't they listen to him? They were looking for a king to liberate them from the rule of the woman. Yeah, they, they, they thought this was a political thing. It's just, again, their expectations. What else? Yeah, country. He was calling them to change. That he was assaulting their lifestyle or their their inner thinking, as much as their particularly the Pharisees. What not so much what they outwardly did, but what caused it and what they thought and and all of that. He caused them to, you know, prophets were controversial often. 
you know, the New Testament writers looking back said several times to people who weren't listening, you know, your forefathers killed the other prophets. I'm telling you, I, you know, I read the Bible through every year. One of the most challenging times to me is when I get to the prophet Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. Oh, my goodness. That man. One point, he says, I've been speaking to you for 23 years. And nobody's listened. But I'm going to keep speaking. I don't know. Us preachers filling me. I don't know, man. I might. I don't know if I can make it after that. I mean, they put him in a cistern and left him for dead. They locked him up. They, there's so many different things that happened. Because what he was saying, they didn't want to hear. And it would cause them to change. And, you know, it, near the end, the Babylonians have come. And they've taken Jerusalem. And the few people left, the key people wanted to go to Egypt. And the false prophets are saying, God says, go to Egypt. Okay, they know enough to know that Jeremiah is he's bona fide. I mean, he, he does speak for God. So they say to him, Jeremiah, tell us what God wants us to do about this. We will do whatever you say. So it comes back and says, the message from God is don't go to Egypt, stay here. You know what they said? You're lying. You're lying. So they went to Egypt. This, listen to the prophets, listening to him is sometimes a challenging thing, isn't it? For some of the same reasons. Jesus' expectations and my expectations aren't always the same. Jesus' teaching challenges me to change and to keep changing and to keep growing. Are we listening to him? What can we listen to quickly? What can we listen to besides him? Okay. Yeah. People around us, TV, so many things. Our culture. Yeah. Our feelings our own perspectives, our own backgrounds. Are we listening to the prophet? You know, I, I mean, I, I have to say again, you know, this has been a very, very, well, it's, we're in a new year, amen, but very, very challenging year for us and our family and Brian's illness. And, and there have been times when I, in my head, listen to God and his promises and all those things, but my feelings are, fearful and honestly probably even cynical a little bit and i think okay i've lived through a lot of stuff i've lost a lot of people my mother died when i was 11 years old and my best friend not that long later and all these things so i mean there, there's a bigger all that stuff but but the feelings you get it i mean we got stuff where listening to him that's a great concept and it's important, and it's significant, and it's freeing, and it gives us blessings, and all of those things that we know, but there can be challenges day by day, whether it's, you know, maybe you're studying the Bible and things about doctrine or things about your life. or th At some point, the reason 
One of the reasons Jesus says I have to deny myself daily is because myself and listening to him are sometimes in conflict. But the prophet's right. Prophet's always right. And this prophet, you go on through the book of Hebrews, this is a prophet who gave himself for us. This is a prophet, back to the things today, the foolishness of the cross. To allow us to be forgiven, to allow us, like Felix said, to be a part of a fellowship that is unique in the world. But it takes listening to him because you think Satan likes it? We just all like each other and get along great. And it's not always like that, is it? Realistically, we got to listen to him and not whatever I think or feel sometimes. Listen to him. So, you know, where have we been today? The prophet, that meant more to the first century Jew and then Christian than it means to us, I think, just because of their background, their culture, their training, their expectations. Prophets spoke from God. They foretold the future. They did miracles. Here comes Jesus. Are you the prophet? Yes, because he spoke from God, and he saw the future, and he did miracles. And the message, beginning with Moses, listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. That's the message today, I think, practically about Jesus, the prophet. Am I listening to him? With listening comes great blessing. In spite of, in this world, you have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what he said. That's why a disciple, follower, Paul could say from a prison cell, I have a piece that nobody understands. Not minimizing the problems, the challenges, but the perspective was changed because the prophet is saying, I will be with you how long? Always to the very end of the age. Jesus, the prophet, listen to him. Amen.